Lord, I'll never forget it. The TVs in the store windows had just started up with the news breaks talking about the Galatea. Can remember the Challenger explosion, and I was just thinking, Oh my God, not again. Not another crew of astronauts lost. And that's when I heard this screeching behind me. I turned around, and there was a school bus all smashing across the median and slamming into cars. Fire was coming out of the windows and everything, and the, the driver actually shot up out of the roof into the air. I don't remember seeing him come down. The flames were they was getting bigger, starting to shoot out all over the place, and we could see that the kids couldn't get out. I was screaming for somebody to do something when the fire truck got on the scene. The firemen started moving people back out of the way, trying to get there, and the poor kids was just screaming. That's when it happened. Fire just shot up and out of the windows and twisted up together like a braid, and then it shot down at this one fireman and hit him right square in the chest. His helmet blew off and he took a couple of steps back, but he didn't fall over, and and that fire just kept on shooting up out of the bus and pouring into him until the bus didn't have any fire in it left at all. And the fireman, he was down on one knee holding his head, and he, he looked like he was on fire, but I, I looked twice, and the fire just choked up into his body like he was a sponge, and the asphalt around him was turning all red, and I swear he sank down into the melted road. Well, things kept on getting crazy after that. The police arrived and started chewing us all back, and I heard about the rest on TV, how this sort of thing was going on all over the place with the earthquakes and explosions and freak thunderstorms and all that, and the government all going to DEFCON because they thought it was some kind of attack. But the news finally told us that the firemen was all right. And soon after that, we started finding out all these people with powers. But when people ask me, where were you when the Galatea exploded? I can look them in the eye and say, I was on the street where the firemen erupted. There ain't too many people can say that. Hi everybody, this is Josh Heath. This is the N Podcast, the podcast about the Trinity Continuum. And specifically, this episode is going to be about Aberrant. The reason it's going to be about Aberrant is because the Aberrant 2nd Edition uh, Kickstarter is going on right now. And it's being produced by Onyx Path Publishing. And I really recommend that you go to the Kickstarter and you check it out. The question you're probably thinking to yourself is, what is Aberrant? What is Trinity? Why would I be interested in these things? Well, Aberrant is the second game, or was the second game, produced in the original Trinity continuum of games. There was a far mid-to-far-future game called uh, Trinity Aeon. We'll talk about, eventually, in a Trinity Aeon episode, about why that name is what it is. Um, but in that future... Earth has gone through a catastrophe where humans have fought against aberrants or these super heroic turned demonic type people. And Aberrant was a superhero game set um, in 2008 uh, when it was first released. Uh, obviously, time has passed the point that, uh, that the game first came out. So there's some interesting... Um, ideas and concepts that you look at from a 1999 perspective and go, wow, 20 years in the future, I can see how that would be exciting or different. Um, and then they actually got some things right. Um, here I am just babbling, though. What is Aberrant? Aberrant is a superhero game, or I should say, really, it's a game about people having superpowers without necessarily being super heroic. I've seen that definition thrown out there, and I think it's a really good one. Aberrant is a is our world. It's a real world setting where, for some reason, 
there was an explosion in space, and the space station came down, and people started getting superpowers. And obviously, people connect those two things, and they may or may not be related. And as you dive deeper into the meta plot of Aberrant, you realize that there is potentially some connection between the two, but maybe, maybe not also. There's a lot of depth to this world that is hard to describe in a quick sort of off front sort of way. So in this episode, I want to talk briefly about the original Aberrant, and I want to talk about the Kickstarter for Aberrant 2nd Edition, and why I think people should be excited about these things. Heck, here I am recording a podcast about it because I'm so excited. Um, The original game was written in 1999. The original concept was done by Robert Hatch with Andrew Bates, Ken Cliff, Greg Fountain, Sherry Johnson, Chris McDonough, Ethan Skemp, Mike Tinney, Richard Thomas, Stephen Wyack, and Fred Yelk. Um, and there were, were a lot of great authors. Justin Achille, Andrew Bates, Robert Hatch, Sherry Johnson, Stephen Long, Mark Moore, Ethan Skemp, and Fred Yelk. There are just a ton of people involved in Trinity that I was, uh, or I should say Aberrant, and the Trinity Continuum that I'm, there's so much cool stuff that they do, it's hard to know exactly where to start. But I'm going to start by talking a little bit about the idea of Aberrant originally and how the second edition has changed it a little bit, and I think in all good ways. Um, uh, There's not anything that I'm going to come out uh, negative about uh, in this podcast. There might be some things we'll critique or discuss uh, in other episodes if we continue to do these, uh, but that's another topic for (laughs) another day, potentially. So in the original setting, Aberrant, uh, and this is kind of the uh, White Wolf sort of theme, I guess you could say, of the era was that um, it's our world, but a little bit darker. But Aberrant's nowhere near as dark as the world of darkness. It's um, this idea that there are superheroes or people with superheroic powers. Some of them work for an organization called Project Utopia. And there's some darker elements hiding behind Project Utopia. So it's not as utopian as it appears. And aberrants are not as good as they appear ultimately. You know, there are human beings who have human being faults. But on top of that, there's some mutation that's happening in their brains, which is going to eventually lead them to be the evil aberrants in the future. And these superheroes at the time are called novas, um, which is connected to a term um, that Homo sapiens novus. So they're considered to be another evolutionary offshoot of humanity. Now, there's some potential meta plot where that gets fuzzy and that I think is fun. Um, but let's not get ourselves too off track because I could probably do that fairly easily. But in Aberrant, you get this opportunity to be generally one of three groups. There's lots of different groups, lots of different factions, just like in the real world. But there are three-ish main groups of characters uh, that characters would be affiliated with. Project Utopia, which is they're generally perceived by the public as the good guys. Um, of course, because it's a White Wolf game of the 90s, there's some darkness in there, and Project Utopia isn't as on the level as they want to be perceived as. Some of the major heroes are actually pretty horrible people, so there's all of that sort of nuance built in. And then there are the Terrigen, and the Terrigen have this view, and it's very much kind of the Magneto 
um, X-Men mutant sort of uh, supremacy uh, sort of ideal in that they believe that Novas are totally different than humans. And even though they arose from humans, they should strive to be and do different things and be different people. Um, Just create an entirely different society because there are no longer normal humans any longer. Baselines uh, is a term that's used in the game setting. Um, And the third group is an offshoot of kind of both called the Aberrants, who are starting to realize that there's this underlying corruption in the world of Aberrant, and they're not quite sure what to do with it. Um, They were started by um, Andre Corbin, who discovered this, you know, dark underbelly of Project Utopia, and he wanted to uncover it and figure out what was going on with it. And generally, that devolution into Project Utopia's dark side is the main meta plot in Aberrant. Um, the Terrigen get this interesting evolution where there are some really horrible terrorist elements within the Terrigen, and then there are some that are godlike, almost deific, in their desire to lead humanity to a better future. And you have those nuances and flexes and twists which creates just a a fantastically rich uh, setting. The setting is probably one of the most inclusive uh, written in the 90s and early 2000s. The Aberrant setting included a trans character, a fairly openly trans character from the beginning, um, who's called London Fog. And they are, uh, it's not presented as like a shock factor um, from that character, which is amazing and really ahead of its time. Um, The nuance of humanity, the breadth of the world is covered. There's no, there are problems in the world as there are in our real world, but it's not, uh, it's not the same. It's not the classic role-playing game problems where you're just like, oh, roll my eyes. Here it is all about America aberrant and the game line as a whole was really expansive and really looked at the entire uh, globe and said these are the different people this is how they react to be having novas to becoming novas and i think that's great now from a timeline perspective there are some weird things that happen um and some things that you look at today and go okay that's probably not a great idea um, there ends up being a libertarian president, and that's kind of presented as a good thing. Um, and it may be uh, libertarianism is an interesting philosophy. Generally, I don't think it's particularly sound, but that's maybe not here or there for this podcast. I do think that it's fair to say that the timeline as presented in the original is not one that we would look at and say, oh, everything that happened there is good and we would want that to happen today. Um, it's certainly a different timeline than what has happened in real life. Um, but it's cool. There's so many cool things about the setting, but I think for me, the mechanics are really what sell it. This is probably, um, the original was the pinnacle of the storyteller system in that it allowed for the golden rule to be real, used really effectively. You did have lots of dice, but you didn't have too many dice. Um, some of the design elements that are in Aberrant are used in other superhero games now. Um, folks like Steve Kenson. Steve Kenson was involved in Aberrant um, early on in his career. 
and you see the marks of Aberrant on his work. Um, you see the marks of Aberrant on Mutants and Masterminds and all the other major superhero games that are out there today um, from this little Iron Age White Wolf uh, game that a lot of people haven't played but is really amazing. And I think the other interesting thing to segue into now is what's Trinity Continuum Aberrant. That's the second edition of Aberrant. It is the newest expression of the Aberrant rule set and the Aberrant universe. It ties into a Kickstarter that Onyx Path Publishing. Onyx Path Publishing now owns the rights to everything Trinity related, which I think is amazing. Rich Thomas was involved in the game from the beginning. I think Rich and team really understand this game. I know that Ian Watson and Steve Kenson, who's one of the major developers on the project, they know this game. They understand what about it resonates with people. And they've taken the original Trinity continuum or the trinity aeon setting and they kickstarted that with the trinity core book so there's going to be a core book of rules that is actually set in our modern day right now and that is the kind of starter set the the base set of rules that you would need and then those rules allow you to dovetail into either aeon aberrant eventually adventure which is one of the other books from the original line and other settings other timelines within the the trinity continuum of timelines and aberrant so aberrant is the second of those settings and it is using the story path system the story path system from onyx path is their new house system it was designed kind of co-designed for trinity continuum and for scion and since it is now the backbone for they came from beneath the sea and Dystopia Rising Evolution, which are two other games being produced by Onyx Path Publishing. And the Story Path system is a fairly complex but exquisitely designed uh, D10 system. So you're still using D10s. So if you're familiar with the old version of Aberrant or you're familiar with White Wolf games or most of the Onyx Path Publishing games, you're going to look at this and go, oh, it's a D10 system. I grok the basics of this very, very quickly. Um, and the the basic framework is fairly similar. There are some awesome nuances, and I think at some point I'd like to do an episode about the nuances of the story path system and kind of walk through them, because as I've been learning it um, to run Scion and uh, hopefully eventually to run Aberrant, I'm going to be running some Trinity Continuum and some Scion games at Gen Con this year, and I've been teaching myself the system and playing with uh, a few folks to really understand it. It's really clever. It, I think, takes the best of both worlds, adds a lot of cinematic and player agency rules without overdoing it, without making it too much like a Powered by the Apocalypse game or a freeform story game, which I love those games. But the story path system uses some of those elements without kind of falling into the traps of them at the same time. It's a little bit difficult to explain, but you've got a dice pool. You roll however many D10 you have in your dice pool based on your, um, uh, uh, your ability and then your attribute, which is backwards from the traditional sort of attribute and then ability role. But it allows you to say, okay, this would be an investigation role. And then the player gets to say, you know, I'm really good at, I'm really strong. I'm really, um, strength is my focus. And instead of 
doing investigation where I sneak around and search or anything like that and be uh, dexterous, I'm just going to break through um, a bunch of things until I find the thing I'm looking for, which is a totally valid way of investigating. But if you as the story guide spend too much time kind of telling them how they have to do it, it doesn't necessarily always fit the character's desire or like the way they want to tackle a situation. So they get to decide how do I want to do this based on the type of ability that I would need or the skill that I would need to be able to do the thing, which I think is cool. And then they roll against a target of eight. It is generally always a target of eight in the base system. And then when you add the different layers, either Aeon or um, in Aberrant, you can lower the difficulty based on your power level. So there's this concept of scale and power level and scale. All that really does is reduce your difficulty target. And then you roll a, however many successes. You set a, a, a you set your difficulty at three successes, which is standard. Or more, four, five, or you lower it to two. And that gives you a lot of that nuance. You're like, okay, so I'm rolling eight dice. I get three successes. I succeed. No big deal. So there's all of these different um, nuances to the system that I think are really well done. And in the idea of scope and scale, that's when you get some... You don't have to do a lot of extra dice. You don't have to do a lot of extra um, stuff, development stuff to the system. You just get to say, hey, because you're a slightly power... power higher power scale, you get to reduce your difficulty by one, which is huge because of the way the system is, but it's not earth shattering. You could get earth shattering with it, but it allows a lot of that nuance without having to do like, I'm rolling 58,000 D10s, which can be fun, but can also be really annoying when you're doing it constantly, or, you know, you've, you've got more dice than you really can conceptually deal with at the table. So I like the way the system is designed. That's all of that long rant was about. But the Trinity Continuum Aberrant setting is a new look at Aberrant. It's saying that in, um, in this version, things are going to be a little bit brighter. It's not 1999 anymore. We don't need to be as dystopian. Maybe we need a little bit of hope. And hope is one of the core elements that was uh, kind of flashed in the Trinity Continuum, the original version, but now it's really a core idea. Like, yes, these other concerns are there. There's some darkness in the setting, but hope and the, the ability to overcome the darkness is a really strong element of the, of the setting and the way the game is being presented, which for me, I find so absolutely refreshing that, yes, I can play dark games all day long and I can really enjoy them, but there are some days where I just want to play a game where I have some hope from it, where I'm looking at this and going, we can actually change the world in a better way and do good things and become heroes. And I think that's the part of the aberrant setting that I am really the most happy with, that yes, the depth is there, the concerns are there, this like struggle of... Am I still human? Or now that I'm a Nova, how, what does that mean to me? All of that is still there. But instead of being bogged down in the, 
everything is dark in the background and no matter what you do, it's all just going to go to heck. You have the ability to change the future. And to me, I find that sublime. I find that really, really refreshing and powerful. So in the Kickstarter, you can get a copy of the Aeon Core Book, or I should say the Trinity Continuum Core Book, and a copy of the Trinity Continuum Aberrant Book. Um, and if you want, I, I believe there's a way to get the Aeon Book as well as part of this Kickstarter, uh, which is definitely, if you're interested in the whole width and breadth of the system and the different nuances of the way the future can go, I, I think that's the way to do it. But for me, having just the core book by itself is enough. Um, I think the rules for this are going to be great. They haven't been released on the Kickstarter. Uh, I know a little bit about them for some reason or another, and I think people are going to be impressed by it. So I really recommend checking out the Kickstarter. Like most Onyx Path Kickstarters, they're going to be releasing bits and pieces of the rules as the campaign goes along. So you can back for as little as a dollar, um, maybe $5, just to get access to those early rules. So you can see, is this something I'm going to like? Am I going to enjoy it? You get can play test it a little bit, which is always a good thing because you can give the developers some feedback. But I'm telling you, this is the best superheroes game I've ever played. It is the coolest world. And even if you don't actually want to play in the world, you can use the story path rules, just so like you can use the old aberrant rules to run any supers game you want. I ran an Age of Apocalypse supers game once using it, and it worked perfectly. It felt just like the Age of Apocalypse. Um, and I think kind of that's about where we're going to end. Um, if you are intrigued at the idea of superheroes in our real world and how they would respond to things without being too Iron Agey, I think you definitely um, would want to check out Aberrant, the, the second edition. I, I'm definitely maybe overselling it at this point. The second edition is wonderful. The art is fantastic that is out there already. I don't know. I, I can't really sell it to you much more than that right now. But um, I'm going to be back with some more episodes talking about the, the original game, talking about some of the elements of the setting. Uh, the Terrigen are something that I'm going to enjoy diving into at some point. For now, check out the Kickstarter check out Trinity Continuum Aberrant. It's going to be on Kickstarter for another 20-some-odd days. So now's the time to get in and check it out and see what you think about it. I've been Josh Heath. The music in this episode is by uh, Kevin McLeod from Acompetech. And uh, the intro music is Super Power Cool Dude. I'm going to be using that as a little bit of outro music, too. And the Reading at the beginning is from the first couple of pages of the original Aberrant, and it's about Randall Portman, the fireman, and I think you'll be interested to find out what happens to the fireman in this version of Aberrant. Mm -hmm.